You're listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast, where we believe that every teacher deserves a coach, and every coach does too. I'm Chrissy Beltran, an instructional coach, resource creator, and coffee enthusiast. And I'm your host. Stay tuned for practical tips and honest coaching talk that will help you coach with confidence. Coaches, welcome to another episode. This is episode 11, what to do when you're feeling like a failure. Who out there is feeling like a failure? I know you're out there because whenever I sent out a survey to coaches asking them how they felt about their jobs, tons of coaches responded that they feel awful, which is just truly terrible, guys. Um, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you because we're so frustrated by the work of coaching sometimes that we just feel like garbage. These are some of the words that coaches used to describe um, the the work that they're doing. Frustrated, overworked. I know we can all relate to that. Feeling like a failure, overwhelmed, lonely. I'm so sorry if you're lonely, by the way, because being lonely as a coach is so hard because you're just stuck in the middle. Unsure, defeated, and ineffective. Coaches, I see you with your rain clouds hanging over your head. I see you trudging from your car into the office every day, dragging your feet, trying to be positive for kids and teachers, and just feeling overwhelmed and doubtful about whether you're doing the right thing. You know, as a teacher, I had a lot of doubts about, is this the best way to use our time? Is this the best way to respond to this situation? And I felt like as a coach, it was just compounded, maybe because I was serving more kids and more teachers. And I had so many doubts all the time, and I it, it just ate me up sometimes about whether I was really taking the best approach to reach teachers and to make a positive impact on my school. And so I get it. I I see you and I know how you feel because I felt the same way. These are hard days to be a coach. Working with teachers is challenging. It's hard when you miss your grade level and you miss having your own class. Being the middleman is not fun. And sometimes we work with administrators who aren't prepared to support the work of coaching or of teaching for that matter. Um, So with all these challenges, it can really be easy to feel like a failure. So this episode is all about helping you recognize and maximize the impact of your work because your work does have impact. Here's my first tip. One of the reasons that we feel so stressed and bummed and like we are being completely ineffective is because we're spreading ourselves out so thinly over millions of tasks. And a lot of that is just not avoidable. You are assigned to go to leadership. You are required to do this at PLC. You have to complete the data forms. I totally get that, right? Half of coaching is like a laundry list of things that have to be checked off. And that's just reality. However, if your calendar always just looks like a laundry list of things to check off, then we have a problem, right? Because are you doing the work that's going to make an impact on your campus in the long run? Are you changing, teaching, and learning on your campus? So here's what I want you to do to think about that. Because if you make this one change, it can help you feel so much more effective because you'll see the impact you're making. I want you to think about three big goals that you can accomplish this year on your campus. And I know it's spring, so your goals might not be quite as big because you only have a little while left to do them, right? But I want you to think about what are the three most essential things that if you could do these three things this year, you would feel like you had changed the world because you would have. Okay, so here's some examples. For example, one year at the beginning of the year, my goals were to help teachers use reading responses as informal assessments because I really wanted them to integrate more responses to student reading instead of just like multiple choice and stuff like that. I wanted to integrate more writing. Um, 
integrate technology into reading lessons. We had teachers who were excited to use Google Classroom, and so I was trying to help them use that to, to create some engaging lessons for kids. And then number three was to have teachers serve as leaders in their grade level. I wanted to create real communities where teachers modeled for each other and shared and talked and gave guidance. And so that those were my three goals for the year. So once you have your big three goals, I want you to write them down and I want you to stick them on the wall. I want them to be visible. They need to be in your face. So every day you look at those goals and you say, that's what I'm accomplishing here this year. Okay. This is what you do with those goals though. That's going to help you on a day-to-day basis. I recommend that every week, either on Monday morning or on Friday before you leave, I think Friday before you leave is a great way to do it because it gets your head ready for Monday. Okay. Not that you want to skip over the weekend, but it helps you be prepared so that whenever you come back on Monday, you're ready to roll, right? I want you on on Friday afternoon or Monday morning to take a look at your calendar. So you open up your calendar and I always had a paper calendar. I know that makes me old school. You can call me grandma, that's fine. But as people who use Google, um, a Google calendar or who use a digital calendar, I don't know how you don't. I need to see it in front of me like 24-7 or else I don't know what I'm doing. And so that's why I went with a paper calendar. So anyway, you lay out your calendar and you plug in all the stuff you don't have control over. So you plug in the meetings, you plug in the PLCs, you plug in the professional development, you plug in um, the data checks, you plug in all the stuff that you have to do whether you want to or not. And then you look at your discretionary time and you say, okay, I have a chunk of time on Monday afternoon for an hour. I have a chunk of time Wednesday morning for two hours. On Friday, I've got all afternoon. What am I going to do with this time that's going to move teachers forward and that's going to change teaching and learning on this campus? And that's when you look at your three goals. You look at those three big goals on the wall and you say, aha, I wanted to integrate technology. I wanted to support teachers in doing that. One thing that I can do is model a lesson. I can co-plan a lesson with Miss So-and-so and I can model that lesson in her classroom. And why don't we do that? We'll schedule the meeting together on Wednesday morning and then on Friday afternoon, I'll go model. You can use that as a time to move those goals forward so you know what you're accomplishing. And then every week you can look back at your schedule and say, what did I do to to move forward in those areas? And you know what you did because the evidence is right there on your calendar, okay? That's my first tip and it's my biggest one because I think it is so essential. Tip number two, this one is to help you reflect and really think about what you have accomplished, okay? Every week we have lots of interactions with teachers and we have made changes and supported them in ways that we don't really think about because we do it on uh, kind of a, a standard basis. It's regular. It happens in the hallway. It happens in the bathroom. I want you to choose one teacher that you know you've made an impact with. And at the top of a piece of paper, and you can do this on a Google Doc, again, if you are a person who prefers to click instead of write, you can do that. So write the person's name at the top. And then I want you to record some of the things that you've done to support that teacher. Did you model? Did you share a resource with them? Did you help them assess one of their students whenever they were unsure of the results? Then I want you to write down all the wins. What has gone well in that classroom? Have they tried something new? And now it doesn't mean that everything's perfect, right? We know that a lot of the classrooms that we support were just growing over time right? We're starting where the teacher is and we are growing over time. I mean, all classrooms, that's what we need to be doing. So if you think about what great wins you had in that room, it could be that they've organized their classroom library for the first time ever, 
It could be that they've integrated math manipulatives into a lesson whenever they were really uncomfortable with using manipulatives before. It could be that they used a think-pair-share instead of lecturing for 30 minutes. (laughs) All of those changes are a big deal. So whatever impact you see in the classroom, whether it's that kids have access to classroom library books and they never did before, or that the teacher has remodeled their entire structure to reflect a more student-centered approach, those are big wins. And I want you to write them down and reflect on them when you're feeling crummy because the work you're doing is having an impact. You just have to find it. Step number three, this is an exciting one. Okay. So one year, my teachers and I did an optional book study on igniting a passion for learning. And so whoever would like to join us on Thursdays after school, I'd try to have a snack. We do, we discuss the chapter. We'd um, complete some questions together, you know, verbally, and just talk about how this book could impact our teaching. So this book is all about Uh, practical ideas that you can use to get kids excited about reading. It's about reading inventories and how to conduct a great reading conference and go shopping for books with kids and things like that. So from that book, one of the ideas was a reading lounge, a school reading lounge. A reading lounge is a place where kids read and where they love it. So the idea is you set up a cozy space. It can be anywhere. It's not supposed to be in the library because the idea is that this space is dedicated just for reading and the enjoyment of reading. We saw this idea and we loved it. And I thought, we could do that. We have a space off of the library that's just kind of like a storage space right now. I know that we could take that space and make it into a beautiful reading lounge for kids. So I asked my principal, she said, go for it. I put together a little committee of teachers who were also interested in doing that. And I applied for a grant. We got the grant and it took me like six, seven, eight months, took me like a year (laughs) to get this reading lounge in place because we wanted it to be just perfect for kids. We had it painted by a very talented teacher who worked in third grade. She was a third grade teacher and she painted the lounge to reflect a garden because we wanted the theme to be a reading garden. One of the teachers made curtains and a cute little sign, a welcome sign for outside of the door. We had um, books that we purchased just for the reading lounge where kids could check them out and they were like special books because they weren't from the library and they weren't from the teacher, they were from the reading lounge. So we did all of these amazing things to make this gorgeous space for kids to read in because I thought, you know what, if we make this space really unique and special, it'll be here long after me, long after I'm gone, long after this administration is gone. It'll be clearly a unique and special space that is dedicated to reading instead of being something that a new administrator can come in and decide, no, we're not going to do that anymore and then repurpose the room. And you know what, it worked. Um, I haven't been there for a couple of years. I, you know, I left my coaching position there about two years ago and my administrator left the year after that but the reading lounge is still up and running and teachers still use it with their kids so the space has been really purposeful and beautiful and um and we did it (laughs) so why am I sharing this story the reason I'm talking about this is that that was what I thought could make our school a better place that was my passion project for supporting our school in ways that that would last outlast me and my work there And uh, so that's my advice to you. Choose a passion project. Think, what are you excited about? What could make your school a better place? And then make it happen. That's tip number three. Tip number four. This is a really easy one that you can use when you don't have much time, but you're really feeling bummed, okay? I want you to choose a classroom on your campus where great things are happening. 
just a room that you just like to go see teaching and learning. And I want you to go visit. You just go in and you say, hey, don't mind me. I'm here to see some great kids doing some great learning with a great teacher. And then you just soak it in. You can talk to kids. You can ask them what they're doing. You can ask them what they're excited about or what they learned in a different subject. You can help them if they want some help or if they need help. You can ask the teacher, hey, is there anything I can help you with? You just want to be there in that positive classroom environment because so much of our work is about the other end. It's the teaching stuff that we didn't even like when we were teachers, right? It's the administrative tasks and the checking things off and the turning in documentation and the making sure everybody's got this completed. And that's not the joy of coaching. The joy of coaching is changing teaching and learning. So whenever you are feeling down, go see a classroom where awesome stuff is happening. And I can guarantee it'll give you a boost. Tip number five. This is a practical one for when you're feeling overwhelmed and frustrated and that's why you're feeling ineffective, okay? When you have a huge thing to get done, like a huge project to get done, or you have a lot of tasks to get done, but you feel like you can't make them happen because you keep getting interrupted every 47 seconds because somebody keeps calling or someone else um, drops by to just to chat, <laughs> which is like death to coaches sometimes. It's great to to have those relationships with teachers that sometimes you're like, I have got to get this done or everything's going to explode. <laughs> when that happens, I want you to go hide and get your work done. Now, you can't tell everybody, okay, I'm going to go hide and get some work done because then they're, gonna, they're not going to let you do that. But you need to find a spot in your campus where you could work for a couple of hours without people interrupting you all of the time. So I used to work in a different room that was adjacent to the library. Uh, the librarian told me, if you ever need to hide, just let me know. You can come hide in my office. And I was like, okay, thanks. And I did. I didn't do it too often. But if I had a big professional development coming up or something really huge that I was trying to roll out during PLC and I needed that time to really prepare, I would. I would go hide in this office and get some work done for an hour or so and feel like I had accomplished something and I was prepared. And just having that feeling of checking something huge off your list can really help you feel like you've had a productive day. Tip number six. If you've got a good, supportive administrator, talk to them. Ask them for help in shaping your work. Tell them how you're feeling. Tell them you're feeling like ineffective and, and like you're not sure if you're doing the kinds of work that teachers need the most from you. I used to do this with, with my administrator because she was good and supportive and, and I think had a clear vision and kind of knew where we were headed and was able to give me honest feedback that was helpful to me. If you do not have a good and a supportive administrator, just don't do this one. <laughs> just skip this tip because it's not going to help you at all. It's going to make you feel worse probably. Okay, tip number seven. Learn something new and ask if you can try it out in a classroom. So this is what happens. Sometimes you feel like you're in a rut. You're asking people to do the same things over and over again and they're not doing them. And it makes you feel so ineffective. It makes you feel horrible that you've been modeling how to do a read aloud for two years and you're still not seeing them being done in classrooms. So instead, go out and learn a different strategy. Learn something new, something fun, something exciting, something that's going to energize a teacher. And then ask a friendly teacher, would it be okay if I tried this out in your room? You can co-plan it, you can co-teach it, you can model it, doesn't matter. But the point is you are doing something new and you are involving a teacher with it. You are trying out a new strategy. That is going to energize both you and the, the classroom teacher. Tip number eight, collaborate with another coach. 
<clears throat> Sometimes communicating with another coach about their challenges will help you realize that you're not the only one. Okay. It's super easy to put ourselves into a place where we feel really isolated and alone because we're afraid to reach out to talk to another coach. We're afraid of what they're going to say or that they're going to pass judgment on the work that we've done or think that we're not doing enough. But my best conversations have come with coaches, have, have happened with coaches because they love to help people. That's their job. That's why they're coaches. So reach out and talk to a coach. Some of the, the best conversations I had when I was a coach were when I called up my coaching friends to talk about things that were, how that things were going on in their schools and how things were going in my school. And I always felt better. And most of the time I got an idea or two out of the conversation that I could actually try out with my teachers or a different perspective, some a different way of looking at things that might have helped me uh, move beyond some of the challenges that I was having. Okay, step number nine is my last one. I know I was trying to think of 10 to really round it out, but <laughs> it felt insincere. <laughs> so here's step number nine. I want you to say this to yourself. I am supporting kids through supporting teachers. I am putting my heart into my work and I'm here with good intentions. My work is impacting teachers who will impact kids for the rest of their teaching careers. My work is important. My work matters. Because it's true, guys. Coaching is so hard sometimes, and it's such an emotional position to be in. But if you can really tackle the big stuff and really focus on making an impact in those classrooms where kids need it and deserve it, which is all kids, you are doing work that nobody else can do. You are not an administrator. You are not there to punish or to discipline. You are not a classroom teacher where you're impacting your own kids, but nobody else's. You are right in the middle, which sounds like the worst place to be, but it's also the best place to be because you are getting to do the best part of schoolwork, which is instruction and kids impacting the work that the kinds of learning that they get to have. It's so important. So really take some time today and take a few minutes and just think about your impact as a coach. Try out one of the strategies, you know, visit a classroom, hide and get some work done to make yourself feel better. Choose a passion project, identify your big three goals. You know, just choose one of these strategies and try them out because the work that you do matters and you should feel good about it. So that's my, that's my episode for today. Thanks for listening in and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching. Happy coaching.